0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on 5th and Mission, the NFL Draft. High stakes this year for the 49ers and the Raiders thanks to their identical 4-12 records last year. The Niners have the second pick, the Raiders the fourth pick. And today we're going to be joined by the beat writers at the Chronicle who cover the teams. Eric Branch for the Niners and Matt Kawahara for the Raiders. I'll talk to them about what they expect from the teams and also about the prospect that the Niners are looking at, Nick Bosa. Who has deleted some pro Trump tweets and expectation that he might be coming to San Francisco? We'll have all that right after this. All right, a little bit of a change of pace today. I'm joined by Matt Kawahara, who covers the Raiders for the Chronicle, and Eric Branch, who covers the 49ers. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Sort of a bittersweet day. Uh, the Raiders and 49ers are finally being able to cash in on what was uh, a difficult season last year. Both went 4-12. and 12. Uh, Now's the payoff, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess, especially for the Raiders, uh, it was a difficult year for the fans, watching a couple of their star players get traded away, and Cleo Mack and Amari Cooper, and now they get to see the draft picks that came back in those trades finally get used. So from the Raiders perspective that's that's uh something that's coming around.
2: Yeah, I think it was a yeah, I think it was a, a few minutes after Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL I heard fans start talking about the draft. Who could the Niners get? So uh this has been a very long build up.
0: You got to have something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to start out. uh, Feel free to jump in anytime, but I wanted to start out with that first pick. Obviously, uh, Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner, has been a huge topic of a conversation um, because of the award, but also because he got drafted as a baseball player by the A's last year. Do you guys both see Murray going number one?
2: Yes, I I do. And I I don't think I'm breaking any news there. That seems to be the consensus. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury recruited uh, Murray out of high school, based on that recruitment, they developed actually a pretty decent relationship. Kingsbury hit, hit said last year when he was in college, uh, you know, if he had the number one pick, you know, he'd take Kyler Murray as it as it happens. Uh now he's with the Cardinals. He does have the number one pick. And I think because, you know, Kingsbury's the new guy, uh, they're gonna let him get the guy he wants to kind of lead his offense. Obviously he's an offensive minded coach. Um that said, the draft is full of surprises, but I think that would be a major surprise uh, if the Cardinals went elsewhere with that, that first pick.
1: Yeah, I agree. That seems to be the consensus right now. Yeah, you have seen. I feel like I have seen just in the last maybe week or two uh, a little bit of backing down from. I feel a couple of weeks ago it was pretty consensus, maybe like ninety percent surety that that Murray was going to go number one, and now you're seeing a couple other names uh, floated up there like. Uh, Quinn and Williams, um, a lot of people think he could be the best player overall in the draft. Obviously, Bosa is up there, and and uh, if the Cardinals did decide not to go with Murray, then they could take one of those uh, defensive linemen at the top there, but that could mess things up for the Niners.
0: So, Matt, before we move on from Kyler Murray, I mean, if the Raiders had any shot at him, is this someone that the Raiders might might want to go for either by uh, trading up? There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of... the. I guess the the question about how
1: strongly John Gruden feels about Murray and um, he hasn't really tipped his hand much. He's, you know, he's mentioned Murray a couple times. He's talked about how he used to think that quarterbacks had to have sort of prototypical size. Uh, they had to be tall. They had to, you know, be able to uh, make strong throws out of the pocket, see over linemen that kind of thing. And then he watched Russell Wilson play and, and that started to sort of change his mind. Cause obviously Wilson is a smaller guy. Baker Mayfield, who came out last year, sort of a smaller guy. So he has said that he sort of changed his uh, his attitude towards smaller quarterbacks. That said, I mean, they have sort of, they have in a way, they've financially at least committed to Derek Carr for this season. They've guaranteed his salary for this year already. Um, like you said, you know, in order to really ensure that they would be able to get Murray, it would probably mean trading up. And they just have so many needs right now um, outside of that. And they're in the the middle of this major rebuild. I feel like that would be – I think that would
0: register as a surprise. You mentioned Russell uh, Wilson. He's obviously a baseball player too. What happens if Kyler Murray stays on this path? What happens to the A's rights to him having drafted him so high in the MLB draft?
2: Yeah, the A's fans can hope like uh, Kyler Murray is like Achilles Smith or or, or Keith Shuler or some other uh, you know first round flop. Um, that would be you know their best chance of seeing him seeing him in an A's uniform.
0: Yeah, root against him. That's uh, very cynical of you. <laughs> if he ta- if
1: he goes <laughs> to Arizona, you. at least he'll you know he'll be around the Cactus League, so he won't have to go very far to uh, to take some BP in February. All
0: right, well. Well, let's move on to let's move on to number two. If the Niners uh, retain that pick, they've got it. Eric, what do you see uh, happening there, especially if Kyler Murray's off the board?
2: My sense and what I think they should do is just take Nick Bosa and and not worry about it. Um, You know, I I think if Kyler Murray's off the board, I'm not sure they're going to get you know tons of really appealing um, you know trade options at number two. Just because I'm not sure the number two quarterback, say whoever that is, is it it Dwayne Haskins, um, is going to be in that type of demand. That said, I guess you never know with quarterbacks, um, just because there's such a premium on on that position. Um, But, you know, my feeling is that Bosa is just, you know, uh, quarterback is the most important position Then edge rusher, you know, generally is viewed as the next important position. And I think if the Niners were to get Bosa, they just got D. Ford. That's a Pro Bowl edge rusher. Um, And then all of a sudden, you're looking at a team that last year, you know, after Garoppolo was gone, they didn't have, you know, a franchise quarterback and they had no edge rushers to speak of. Um, you're, You're looking at a situation where they can open 2019 with Garoppolo back. And, you know, instead of being bereft of edge rushers, they could have, you know, you know, kind of an embarrassment of riches with D Ford um, and and Nick Bosa. I'm actually writing a story about Bosa, and for that, I've talked to you know at this point three college coaches. Uh, from uh, one guy who game planned against uh, offensive coaches, one guy who game planned against him when he was a uh, coach at Michigan, another at Rutgers and Oregon State. All those guys having uh, also coached in the NFL. And among the things that were striking about what they said is, you know, generally they, I said, well, what's the most special quality Bosa has? And, and you know, they kind of had something different each time. One guy, oh, you know, it's his motor. He never stops. Another guy, well, he just, his power. The other guy's his quickness. And, um, you know, to me that was striking in that uh, he has uh, numerous special qualities and he seems to be a guy um, that you just don't pass up. You, you, you just take him. And be happy you have them, and you don't worry about uh, other scenarios.
0: Yeah. So Bosa, the rusher from Ohio State, um, I got to ask you about uh, the stories that have appeared about Bosa in the last uh, couple weeks. The focus on the fact that he had uh, done a lot of tweets, uh, either uh, pro uh, President Trump, uh, anti Colin Kaepernick, and his uh, decision to kneel during the the national anthem. Um, Bosa has. Uh, deleted those tweets. Is that uh, going to be a factor at all uh, in the Niners' decision whether to take them?
2: My sense is no. Uh, I think in general around the NFL, you have a lot of people in power positions that might uh, kind of be uh, have the same uh, political leanings as Bosa. I think the bigger issue was how it might play in the locker room, and I think you know. Uh, well, obviously, everyone's different and. And, you know, some teammates might look at Bosa sideways. I think the fact that he's so good, uh, sometimes uh, that I can take care of of some of that. You know, guys will be accepted because, you know what? Hey, this guy's going to help us win a lot of games. And, uh, you know, if he feels this way about uh, non-football issues, I, I guess I can live
0: with it. And he was very upfront about it, right? I mean, he said, I've deleted the tweets because I might get drafted by San Francisco.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes. So he's so, somewhat aware
1: very yeah, forward Like thinking. to go to number two, <laughs> actually, Eric. I, I just, out of curiosity, if uh, if Bosa were to go off the board at one, what do you think? Uh, I'd be curious what you think the Niners would do then.
2: Well, then I think it's the obviously the the reverse, and that I, I think there'd be a lot of interest in you know teams saying, you know, let's try to trade up to number two for Kyler Murray, and I think in that scenario, uh, the Niners should definitely be open for business. You know, they do. Um, you know, this is you know, granted there were injuries last year, but this is a four and twelve team. There's still plenty of holes on their roster, and they only have they're one of the few teams with only four picks uh, among the top one hundred seventy five. Um, so, uh, I think that would make sense. I mean, there's talk they do like and Williams quite a bit. Alvin, uh, they have a defensive tackle. Uh, you know, the issue with that Williams plays the same position as before Buckner. Um, who's, you know, arguably the 49ers' best defensive player. Um, they thought they could, you know, put him at nose guard, but it just doesn't seem to be as natural a fit uh, as Bosa. So, um, I, I would actually expect the Niners to try to trade down if they got, you know, a semi-attractive offer um, if Murray's available at number two.
0: And then they could still take a pass rusher, uh, moving down a few spots.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, because this draft is viewed as one of the strongest when it comes to his defense overall, and specifically talking about pass rushers.
0: All right, so then we move on to the Raiders. Uh, they've got the fourth pick. They have uh, four twenty-four and twenty-seven in the first round. Uh, Matt, you were talking about obviously the the polarizing. Well, I would I shouldn't say polarizing the. But... A, a lot of people gravitated toward, it,
1: toward one poll. Yeah,
0: <laughs> trades of uh, Khalil Mack, the All-Pro uh, outside linebacker, and Amari uh, Cooper, the wide receiver. Um, so, what do you see the Raiders doing at four?
1: Yeah, it was interesting uh, listening to Eric talk about the 49ers because I feel like a lot of the a lot of the things that he said, actually apply to the Raiders as well. In a sense, I mean, you look at their roster and their number one need coming out of last season is in the pass rush. Um, this is a team that, as a team, totaled 13 sacks in uh, in 16 games, and the second lowest uh, team total in the NFL last year was 30. So they have a little bit of ground to make up. Um, and their primary need is is a rusher off the edge. Um, and it's a lot of it is going to depend, I think a lot of how they use the fourth pick there is going to depend on how the first three obviously play out. If, if Kyler Murray is off the board at one, if Bosa has gone at two, uh, you can. they're going to be obviously paying really close attention to what happens at three, because if if that's Josh Allen or another uh, highly regarded edge rusher is off the board there, Quinton Williams, the defensive tackle from Alabama, is going to be sort of, I think, widely regarded as, as the best player available at four, but he plays a position on the interior line where the Raiders drafted two players last season in Maurice Hurst and... Um, and PJ Hall. They actually have a, a, a fairly deep rotation there on the inside line. What they need is outside rushers. So if they're in that situation, I could easily see them trading down and uh, maybe picking up a couple of more or another pick in the range between 35 and I think it's 106 where they don't currently have any picks at all. And uh, and drafting one of the maybe second tier edge rushers who, who is available a bit later in the in the first round. Um so again, it's it's gonna depend if Williams is off the board and maybe Allen is available there at four. They could go in that direction. People think Allen, uh, the defensive end out of Kentucky, though, is a, a better fit potentially in a three-four defense as an outside linebacker who could also drop back and and play a little pass coverage, which is not the the type of defense uh, the type of defense that the Raiders normally run. So. Um, so a lot of, a lot of moving parts there, even though they're, they're in the fourth position to, to weigh when it comes to that first round.
0: Yeah. There's been a lot of talk of, uh, Rashawn Gary as well. The, Mm -hmm. the Michigan, uh, pass rusher who, uh, is sort of freakishly talented and fast, but, but didn't have as much production, I think as people expected at Michigan. Is there a, is that someone they're looking at? Gary is a, is a possibility,
1: especially you know, if they drop down maybe into the lower uh, area of the top 10. Um, Ed Oliver out of Houston is a guy who's pretty uh, – he's, he's intriguing in that he played a mostly defensive tackle in college, but a lot of people think he could be sh- you know, shifted outside um, and, and be that rusher off the edge in the NFL – montez sweat out of mississippi state is another guy who is an intriguing prospect he's got i think he had a health issue that emerged at the combine but he also had a very uh, impressive sort of overall performance there and and maybe has worked his way into the top 10 conversation so like eric said this is a very deep uh and a very top heavy class when it comes to pass rushers which would seem to benefit the the raiders who desperately need that
0: You know, just before we move on to some of the other needs, I mean, a little bit of in the front office, as you mentioned, with the trade set that the Raiders have made and with all the picks they have, how much pressure is there for them to get this one right?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think if you ask directly and Mike Mayock was asked this directly at his pre-draft press conference, they'll say not a lot of pressure. And I think if you asked anybody else, anybody who follows the team, anybody who's a member of the, um, you know, a, an observer of the league and analyst, they'll say, yeah, the Raiders really need to hit on some picks in this draft because they gave up a lot to gain the draft assets that they have, the four picks in the first 35 this year. And they're in the middle of trying to rebuild this franchise sort of on the fly, um, And if you, you know, if you have this sort of, this sort of capital, they're looking not only toward, you know, making an improvement off of four and 12 from last season, but they have this impending move to Las Vegas coming up. They just invested a a good amount of money in in Antonio Brown, arguably the top receiver in the league. Uh, Trent Brown made him the highest paid offensive tackle in the NFL, offensive lineman in the NFL, I believe. So they've, they've you know, dedicated a lot of, of resources and, and they're really trying to, I think, build this franchise in, you could say, John Gruden's image. Um, I don't know that they necessarily feel like they need to do that this year, especially since Gruden has this long-term contract where he's sort of been given the keys and it's like, here you go, you know, build it. Um, but... The fact that they do have this many picks this early in the draft makes this a pretty critical draft in that process.
0: Yeah, and Mayock being a, a former draft analyst, mm-hmm. of course, everyone seems to be a draft analyst these days. <laughs> True. <That's funny. too. laughs> yeah,
1: no, but he was—you know—he was, you well, know, he was sort of the yeah—he was sort of the authority for a lot of years at NFL Network, and now he's in the front office side, and and this is his first chance to prove that you know if he's going to do it. Um, from that from that side, you know, he's he's got a. Even though Gruden is going to have the final say when it comes to picks, uh, Mayock is going to have
0: his his voice heard in the room. All right, Matt. Uh, before we go, I, I have to ask you: When the Raiders move to Las Vegas, what happens to your your beat here at the Chronicle? <laughs> it's a good
1: question. I think the we have to first wait and see what sort of uh, returns the the Chronicle might be able to get on a trade uh, <laughs> happening year. But um, that's yeah, that's something we're going to have to figure out. But still, a lot of still a lot of draft and football yet to be covered in the next year and plus who knows if that stadium is going to be ready by the time the 2020 season
0: starts so we'll see all right well we hope to we hope to have you around uh on that note uh we'll we'll end it there thank you uh so much uh, matt Kawahar and eric branch for uh for joining us
2: uh, thanks for having us i appreciate it thanks a lot
0: Thanks to Matt Kawahara, who covers the Raiders for us, and Eric Branch, who covers the 49ers. And thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode. For all the coverage of the NFL Draft from Eric and Matt, go to sfchronicle.com. We'll see you next time.
1: Fifth Emission Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network.
0: If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing.
0: You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: There are print and digital editions. Find out more at slash subscribe. The 49ers have some
2: punter and long slapper -slapper (laughs) needs, so I wanted to. Oh, we should have led
1: with that.